June, as you know, is, liturgically speaking, the month of the Sacred Heart. In the secular realm, it represents something else entirely, something that Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church has chosen to speak out in favor of quite a lot lately, and very little on the focus of the Sacred Heart. That's rather curious to my mind. And the month of the Sacred Heart has been an interesting month for Fatima as well, as the principal seer of Fatima, Sister Lucia, was given a message from our Lord about what would happen to the Church and the world if the consecration of Russia was never accomplished as requested. And since I am a firm believer that the consecration was never done, like Father Gabriel of Morth, Father Malachi Martin, and anyone who understands what a heavenly age of peace would look like, certainly consecrations have been done by Pius XII in the 1940s and by nearly every pope after him, but none of them either explicitly named that country or none of them was done in union with all the bishops of the world. Famously, Pius XII's was done in writing by himself, and the numerous consecrations by John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and even Francis were either explicit renewals of Pius XII's consecration or were of the whole world to our Lady's Immaculate Heart. And there hasn't been a heavenly age of peace since. Now, you may be wondering why I'm opening with the least popular opinion about Fatima there is. Certainly not in our circles, but in broader Catholic circles, it's a very unpopular opinion. But it's pretty straightforward. Our Lord told Sister Lucia at one point that because the popes would not perform the consecration as requested, there would be no peace, not for the church, not for the world. But he made that promise in reference to another promise, to another historic consecration that he had asked another seer previously for, one that could, and I dare say could, give us a sense of the timetable for when the chastisement that we know must be coming will happen, or will begin to happen at any rate. And if that chastisement is the arrival and rule of the man of sin, or if it's the three days of darkness, or if it's a major conflict that leaves civilization in shambles, we don't really know. But our blessed Lord gave Sister Lucia a message that for anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear makes it pretty clear what is going on. So I'm going to provide both of those messages for you now. Let's begin with Sister Lucia, because this is the Fatima message we are talking about here. Again, this centers on the request of the consecration of that country to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Closely linked to the five first Saturdays devotion of reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is a request that the Pope consecrate that country to her Immaculate Heart. This request was formally made by the Blessed Virgin in Tui on June 13, 1929, in the famous Trinitarian Theophany, which Sister Lucia describes as follows. Suddenly, a supernatural light illumined the whole chapel, and a luminous cross appeared over the altar that reached up to the ceiling. In a brighter part could be seen, on the upper part of the cross, the face of a man and his body to the waist, representing God the Father. On his breast was an equally luminous dove, the Holy Ghost, and nailed to the cross the body of another man, our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. A little above the waist, suspended in mid-air, was to be seen a chalice and a large host, under which fell some drops of blood from the face of Jesus crucified, and from a wound in his breast. These drops ran down over the host and fell into the chalice. Under the right arm of the cross was Our Lady with her Immaculate Heart in her hand. It was Our Lady of Fatima, with her Immaculate Heart in her left hand, without a sword or roses, but with a crown of thorns and flames. Under the left arm of the cross, some large letters, as it were of crystal clear water running down over the altar, formed these words, Grace and Mercy. I understood that it was the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity that was shown to me, and I received lights about this mystery which I am not permitted to reveal. Then Our Lady said to me, 
The moment has come when God asks the Holy Father to make, in union with all the bishops of the world, the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to save it by these means. Now, I find it fascinating that the revelation of the mystery of the Trinity is shown to her, but she isn't permitted to reveal it at all. That's a topic for another time, but reflect on the fact that part of the vision of Tui is never talked about either by the apologists in the church who seek to try to explain how an increasingly turbulent world is a sign of peace from God, or by others like myself who keep pushing for the consecration to be done. We just don't ever talk about that part of the, the vision, and it's fascinating. But that's not the end of Sister Lucia's vision. At the beginning of 1930, our Lord made known to Sister Lucia dual requests. The consecration and the devotion of the five first Saturdays of the month were reiterated, and they were to be simultaneously transmitted to the Holy Father in Rome. The Pope at this time was Pius XI, whose writings I have frequently featured on this channel, and he was focused greatly on that country in question, but he didn't respond positively to the request. Similarly, in May 29th of 1930, after explaining to Sister Lucia the reasons for the devotion of reparation of the five first Saturdays, our Lord promised to put an end to all the struggles that the Church was undergoing in the country in question, if only the Pope would do the consecration, in union with all the bishops of the whole world, as an act of solemn reparation. Part of this was consecrating the country not only to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, but to His Sacred Heart as well. Again, something rarely mentioned in Fatima discussions. The Pope was then instructed via Sister Lucia to recommend the practice of the Five First Saturdays devotion to the whole Church. Since that time, we have, hearts, we have scarcely heard about that devotion from the powers that be in the Church, which is why I've been talking about it so much lately. Given that Pius XI did not fulfill the request of heaven or even apparently respond to Sister Lucia, to my knowledge, who was at that time just an otherwise anonymous nun with a very well-known personal history, and given that Pius XI chose instead to focus on something familiar sounding in all this, diplomacy with the country in question, a preconciliar policy that the popes of the council and afterwards would continue until the end of the 1980s. Our Blessed Lord made known to Sister Lucia the following in August 1931 in a place called Rianjo. You console me a great deal by asking me for the conversion of those poor nations, Russia, Spain, and Portugal. Make it known to my ministers that given they follow the example of the King of France in delaying the execution of my request, that they will follow him into misfortune. Like the King of France, they will repent and will do as I have requested, but it will be very late. Our Lord goes on and says that by the time the consecration is done, which again will be very late, the errors of that country will have spread everywhere, the church suffering for it and the world having faced numerous wars. Famously, he says, the Holy Father will have much to suffer, but it will never be too late to have recourse to Jesus and Mary. And I want to repeat that. People often say that it will be done too late, that our Lord said it would be accomplished too late. He himself said it was never too late to have recourse to Jesus and Mary. In traditional circles, we often bristle at the post-conciliar new church focus on mercy, mercy, mercy. It's almost all we hear about. We bristle for good reason. But there is a tendency to overcorrect on our parts, to almost tacitly reject Christ's mercy. And as such, we should be very wary of doing that. Okay, so that having been said, let's, pay, let's go pay a visit to Sister Margaret Mary Alacoque, who had the important visions of our Lord that really brought the devotion to the Sacred Heart front and center into the church, because there is an interesting connection with the Sacred Heart devotion to Fatima, and it is through the Kings of France and St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. I first brought St. Margaret Mary to your attention last weekend with my video on devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus as a means of combating the evils of our times. 
one need only turn on your personal Facebook or television or whatnot to see what I'm referring to. In our times, St. Margaret Mary was the person most directly responsible for bringing this devotion to our attention, though it does predate her experiences. But for the message of Fatima, the Sacred Heart Devotion and St. Margaret Mary Alacoque are key to understanding the very likely time frame for the fulfillment of the Fatima message. The Sacred Heart of Jesus manifested to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque his command to the King of France to consecrate himself and France to his Sacred Heart. This happened on June 17, 1689, one year before the holy passing of St. Margaret Mary, at the age of 43. She described this command in Our Blessed Lord's appearance in detail. Make it known to the eldest son of my sacred heart that as his temporal birth was obtained by devotion to the merits of my holy childhood, so he will get his birth to eternal glory by the consecration which he will make of himself to my adorable heart, which means his triumph, and through it to the great of the earth. I want my heart to reign in his palace, to be painted on his standard and engraved in his arms, to make him victorious over all his enemies, and by placing at his feet these proud foes, to make him victorious over all enemies of the Holy Church. This request was sent to the king's confessor, to no avail. Finally, at the same, in the same year of 1689, St. Margaret Mary went to Versailles to see King Louis XIV, who at the time was the greatest monarch in Europe. France had never seen more glorious times, and it was on the cusp of innovating its culture, technology, and industry. It was going to sort of lead the world in a, in a new age. It had the highest population in Europe, and therefore the largest standing armies, and was undefeated on the field of battle. And the Roy Soleil, the Sun King, flat out refused the request from heaven. But he wasn't the only monarch to refuse. Every French monarch for the next 100 years to the day refused. The kings of France delayed accomplishing this consecration and did not obey. Before he was put in irons, Louis XIV's grandson, Louis XVI, made the consecration most piously of both his nation and himself to the Sacred Heart. But for him it was too little too late. That happened in 1789, at the opening of the Estates General. And we know what came next. Rose Pierre, the stonecutter credo elevated above all reason, which we now see repeated, by the way, in the church by Francis, upheaval in the eventual rise of Napoleon before stability was restored in the country, though the church never really returned to its place of glory in the broader society. But the key here is this, the 100 years to the day mark, 100 years to the day that Sister Margaret Mary Alacoque made the request personally of the King of France was the beginning of the Estates General, which was the moment that France reached the point of no return, and well, the rest is history. The king would receive the ultimate punishment a few short years later as his former realm was embroiled in the most pernicious turmoil resulting from modern errors, the same modern errors that we practically to a person recognize as part of our credo today. And in that example, invoked to Sister Lucia, we get the hint at the possible Fatima timetable. Fatima researchers and advocates have long suspected that in 2029 or 2030, a similar point of no return will be reached for the popes and the church. The example of the King of France gives this away. Pius XI was asked to make this consecration in 1929 or 1930, and our Lord appeared to Sister Lucia with that warning in 1930. For most Fatima researchers, 2029 was a long ways away, but it isn't anymore. If the long-held suspicion of the Fatima community is correct, then in one of those years something will begin that will culminate in God pulling the plug on modernism and the wickedness of our times, but it will come at a high price. And that having been said, our Lord said that it was never too late to have recourse to his sacred heart and to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. So remember that, and enthrone the image of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart in your home. 
there are traditional enthronement prayers you can easily find online to do so. And please, keep the five First Saturdays devotion at least one time if you haven't. More if you can. It is essential. Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments below. This video was made possible by the patrons and supporters of this channel, so thank you so much to them for their continued support. Make sure to like and hit that subscribe and bell icon so you don't miss anything. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.